0: They like didn't have normal bathrooms there. It was like porta potties, and so I like walked out of the porta potty, and she was standing there, and she looked at me, and she was like, "You," and I was like, "Yes," and she was like, "The Lord told me to tell you something," and I was like, "What?" and she was like, "You're anointed."
1: The title of the episode, Megan Schneider, is Anointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you lean back, I won't hear you. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah.
2: Pretty good. Hey, ready to go? Okay, welcome back to another episode of Finding Zeal. If it's your first time here, I'm Cohen. This is Josh, my co-host. Yes, and we have another special guest on the podcast today. So, Josh, you want to introduce her? Um, no. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Megan is. Oh gosh, that was way too loud.
0: (laughs) This is really unfortunate because I really didn't know that was recording that whole time. Yeah, it's been
1: recording, Uh, Megan schneider is uh one of our best friends um she did impact with us um and she is a big ag girl <laughs> big sheep sheep woman some girl yeah i guess uh megan can introduce herself a little bit more
2: yeah also i'm gonna mention that megan is pursuing full-time ministry correct Megan I am. and so this podcast is gonna be a lot about that as well and we're gonna be asking your questions um but before we ask you anything we have a couple questions that we always ask our guests uh, I'm sure you're probably aware of if you listen to our episodes and by the way um this is our first episode that we're recording after launching our podcast yeah so if you listen to some of our first five episodes thank you for listening it's been cool to see the little graph and numbers and stuff like that and yeah I don't know yeah, we, we've
1: we had 67 unique listeners. That's pretty cool. Dude,
2: let's go. Let's go.
0: I <laughs> can proudly say I'm one of them. <laughs>
1: yep, Megan's a loyal fan. So anyways, Megan,
2: as you know, we're going to ask you the question. What's your favorite cereal and how much milk?
0: My favorite cereal, this is like super unpopular, but it's like the like special K, but with like the little the yogurt pieces.
1: Oh. Yogurt They're pieces. So,
0: it's like little like pieces of yogurt i don't know it's so good and i like that like that's like crunchy but they're also kind of creamy how much milk i don't put like a lot of milk because i don't like it soggy but i definitely like put enough to like cover the cereal is that the question like how yeah. much milk? yeah
1: yeah because I, I i like fill it up yeah I, I always milk. do a lot or er- i'm
0: like not a fan of milk so like i ended up wasting a lot of you use I like almond
1: milk or anything
0: for cereal i use regular milk okay good but like i'm never going to be the person that like drinks the bowl after
1: oh, i always drink it yeah. waste uh, the i milk. never
2: drink that's why i don't put milk. a lot because i don't like drinking milk but i love milk and cereal mm-hmm.
1: whoa you guys don't drink your milk no no milk is ah. kind of just so like by itself kind of gross
0: exactly that's what i'm saying i
1: figured i figured an <laughs> ag girl would like milk a little more
0: i support <laughs> milk i don't enjoy the taste of milk <laughs>
2: that's fair. I, If that makes sense i guess whatever <laughs> anyways next question is when you were growing up, when you were like young in elementary, what was your dream job?
1: What did so, you see
0: yourself doing? Yeah, so I like grew up in the church, guiched, if you will. Um, well, you I, should
1: explain what that means and not just say that. <laughs> You're the
0: one who said it. You made it up. So
1: yeah, guich. I did not make it up. That's not my term. Guich means grew up in a church household. Yeah. Or Christian. Christian. Christian, household. So it's an acronym. Yeah. So you're like, I guiched. I grew up <laughs> in a Christian household. Yes. Yeah. So, so I did that. Megan guiched.
0: I did. I guiched. So growing up, like in the church, I like really wanted to be like a worship leader. I just like thought it would be so fun to like sing about Jesus like on stage for a job, Um, the Lord had like very different plans because I cannot sing to save my life. (laughs) actually, (laughs) I very much enjoy worship, but like that is not a gift that the Lord has given me, um, unfortunately, and so that dream like died very quickly um, once I got to the age of like realizing that I could not sing. What age? Um, um, Probably around like junior high, high school.
2: Okay, cool. Was there like a particular experience that was like a pivoting (laughs) moment?
0: Um, I think like oh no it was like freshman year of high school me and my friend like we used to like love to like sing music in the car and at one point like we were singing in the car and like we would turn the music up really loud so we like couldn't hear ourselves yeah um, and we were like my mom was driving because so we like can't drive at that point point. and my mom like she like turned the music off while we were like trying to hit the high note and we just like both heard ourselves both of us it was just like atrocious it was so bad <laughs> and I was like yeah this is not happening. So your
1: mom really fed into your insecurities huh?
0: That makes it sound so bad, but like, I just like, it was something I needed to realize.
1: Your mom is the reason.
0: I guess, but it needed to happen. The Lord used that moment. I'll say that.
1: She wanted you to be self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, it. I hear it all the time and she doesn't realize I need her to know. <laughs> Honestly, probably. Okay. So when you're in
2: high school, so now you don't want to be a worship leader uh-huh. anymore. What, what are your thoughts? Like career wise, what, what are you pursuing?
0: Um, so early high school, I wanted to be a missions pastor after that because my like missions pastor, um, Omar, if this ever blows up and goes famous and you're listening to this, Omar's the best. Um, <laughs> love you, Omar. Um, I just like thought he was so cool and like wanted his job. And so I was like, oh, I could be a missions pastor, like just like traveling the world and telling people about Jesus. Um, and then like later in high school, once I got more into like FFA. I was like, oh, like ag really interests me, and so like wanted to do something ag, and so that's why like coming into college, my major was animal science. Um, honestly, senior year of high school, when I was applying to colleges, my grandma was like, "What do you want to do? What college do you want to go to?" And like straight up, I googled jobs with animals that pay lots of money, <laughs> and so I said veterinarian, and then it said Texas A and M vet school because yeah. it's the only one in Texas, and I looked at her and no I was longer, like, no longer, huh? Yeah, tech, tech is, like, opening. Tech has one. Is it opened yet? I don't know. I don't know. I know they're, like, building it a couple years yeah. ago. But so I was, like, yeah, like, I'll do that, I guess. And so, like, applied to A&M, came to A&M. Um, yeah, that was my goals for a while. I, like, saw a thing the other day, actually, from, like, freshman year that was, like, before I graduate, I want to dot, dot, dot. And I had written on it, get accepted into vet school. And I was, like, the Lord is like, really laughing at me in <laughs> that moment because that changed my mind very quickly. But
2: So what it. For those who don't, aren't, like, that familiar with, like,
1: ag mm-hmm. major, what do ag majors do usually? Yeah, what were, what were you involved with in high school? Like, what what did you do that got you interested in ag?
0: So, that kind of started. I, like, needed a creative arts credit, like, every high school. Like, you need something to graduate. And I was like, oh, floral design, like, sounds super easy, super fun. And so, sophomore <laughs> year, I signed up for floral design. And my floral design teacher is, like, the ag director or, like, advisor and she was like hey you should sign up for ffa and i like looked at her i'm from like right on the outskirts of houston so like ag is like not a huge thing there and I was like, I am not a farmer. Like, why would I sign up for this? She's like, no, no, no. Like, it's really fun. Like, you can raise rabbits. They're really cute. Like, told me all these fun things. You get a t-shirt. And I was like, okay, like, I'll do it. Um, and just very much the like The t-shirt
1: sold, sold you? The <laughs> yeah. t-shirt
0: did.
2: Yeah, the t-shirt. Who just doesn't like, want comfort a comfort colors? Okay, I'll do it. I'm <laughs> saying? Who doesn't want a t-shirt? Can I get it uh,
1: extra large? Can it be really big on me? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll get it.
0: Honestly, yeah. Um, so that's how i like, got into it and then just like fell in love with it and did everything i could for the next three years and so yeah
1: nice what 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 do you do in ffa
0: um so i raised rabbits for one year hated it would not recommend if anyone's why debating. because you only have them for six weeks so like you don't really get invested in the project you're like oh it's just like this thing and also rabbits are like all you do is feed them like you can't like really like do anything to like exercise them or anything like you can with the bigger animals and (laughs) so you literally can't like you just like make the only thing you can like practice is making them sit still so the judge can see them and i just like it was not fun for me and like also they bit me all the time and like they're just like satan honestly they had like red eyes and i just did (laughs) not enjoy them and so then i raised sheep for the next two years wait so
1: what made you decide to go back even though you didn't enjoy doing rabbits
0: because i did so i did like public speaking type stuff i was on like a They're called, like, leadership development events. For FFA. Yes. And so the one that I was on was, like, public relations. And so you would, like, go and compete about, like, how to do, like, PR type stuff for FFA. So we, like, created a presentation that was, like, explaining, like, what FFA is and, like, the benefits of it and, like, things like that. And then we competed against other schools who also did the same thing. Um, So I did that. And then also just, like, really enjoyed... Um, the program in general just like the culture of the program and my ag teachers were um, the first teachers I ever had in high school that like truly like championed me and supported me and were like hey you can do anything you set your mind to Um, my same ag teacher that like convinced me to sign up was like also the same one that was like hey you should do public speaking like I see this gift in you and I was like no like that's not something I can do and she was like no like I see this talent in you Um, push me to apply for officer like push me to keep raising and so um, I had like never had a teacher that like I felt like genuinely wanted me in their classroom and wanted what was best for me and so I just fell in love with that culture and environment of FFA um so came back and then was like I hated rabbits I'm to do something else and so then they convinced me to do sheep and they were like no sheep and I was like okay like, sheep girl
1: <laughs>
0: yeah I loved them um they're a lot of <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> my family is like still in it my brother has four right now and he's gonna sell one soon and get another one and I don't know that's pretty cool like
1: that. but, wait yeah. so explain sheep What do you do?
0: so you get them everyone
1: listening probably has no clue yeah. about this <laughs> uh, hey rush ffa
0: you guys is the best um so for sheep specifically you get them when they're like pretty young um and you basically like are thinking like a like bodybuilder um so you're like feeding them in a way that's like going to grow muscle and like grow them to be bigger you exercise them in a way that's going to grow muscle um you like can feed them different like supplements with protein or fat or whatever if you're trying to grow muscle or add cover and things like that um and also just like take care of them like normal things like water and um, things like that and so you raise them for however long you have them for and then you take them to a show where you like walk them in a ring set them up and then a judge will just evaluate like which one looks the best based on like market quality so like muscle and fat and things like that um, because then they're going to be harvested and put into the food chain and so uh, yeah the same thing for like goats and cattle (laughs) and pigs you basically just like feed them and exercise them and different ways to like make them look the best possible and then you can get a lot of money for them or you can get no money if you don't what, do
1: well. what's the what's the cash look like what's the dough
0: so it depends so like if you win like grand champion of like all of like houston livestock show like the grand champion steer will go for like over a hundred thousand dollars oh my um, gosh, gosh. Oh. which like portions of that are taken and like put into like scholarships at the houston rodeo and things like that um but like these buyers come and like want to support kids and want to support like the future generations and so they're willing to put money towards that it's not just about the animal um and then my like school district does like our own show and a really cool way that like people can support the students is like even whether they buy your animal or not they can give you what's called an add-on so they can be like hey like I see your hard work and I want to support you um and like add on money to that and so like my senior year my like sheep only sold for like a, i say only sold for like a thousand dollars but then i got like almost two grand in just like add-ons um and i got to like take all of that and like use that for college Which was you like got really three
1: cool. mm-hmm. thousand dollars how much more. did you buy a sheep for <laughs>
0: uh i think they're like 350 or 450 that uh, year
1: like a good bike yeah
0: like <laughs> a good bike for
2: sure
1: i could be riding a sheep around campus <laughs> <laughs> mutton bustin'. honestly
2: wait dude. so how much did you have to pay to like feed it like what was the total cost cost yeah shape. what was
1: your what was your net profit um, yeah
0: that's a great question um my brother actually just like did like a budget thing or whatever and it's like around a thousand dollars for like feed, oh, supplements gosh. shavings to like put down for them to like not be on concrete and stuff like that uh, ish
1: so take. that means that you only net profited like two thousand
0: yeah which like it, i wasn't in it for the money like that's the thing is like you don't do it for the money because the thing is too is like you could get a lot of money but also you could not make any money at all because some people will pay like thousands like at the big shows will pay thousands of dollars just to purchase the animal and then put money into like feeding it out and exercising programs and things like that and then show up and not make the sale and only get a hundred and fifty dollars uh. and so it's a really cool industry that like it's not about the money and the profit it's about the experiences and the things that I learned because like. I was taking care of that animal myself. I had to get up before school every single day and drive 20 minutes out to the barn to feed my animal and give up water. Your barn
1: or the school district? The school, yeah, the school district okay.
0: barn. And so that's why it was like far away. So I had to like get up before school every morning, drive out there and feed it and then go to school all day and then go to the barn after school and like feed again and also like exercise and clean the pen and things like that. And so, so it taught me a lot of like other life skills like so responsibility like and yeah, kind of. That sounds <laughs> like honestly
2: more. miserable. that sounds horrible if you don't enjoy it yes like some
0: people will do it for a year and hate it sheeps aren't even cute yes they are
2: (laughs) you have to fight they're so cute but i guess it's kind of like just doing any other so do you have to put all that money down
0: um my parents like definitely paid for a lot of it and so
1: dang
0: yeah really thankful that my parents were like really supportive of that and like my family like also wasn't around all of that kind of stuff before i got into it and so my parents like love it now like my parents love going to the barn and so like as it continued with my younger sister and brother like my whole family is like invested it's not my brother doing it himself but it's like a family affair every night what time are we going to the barn and they like go out there and my dad will do the water while my mom does the feed while my brother like does something else and like kind of like work together which is really cool
2: has your brother made more money or has he done better or worse
0: definitely better than me because i was kind of like the guinea pig again like my family like wasn't super into it and it's one of those things that like you're constantly learning just like if you ask like a bodybuilder they're constantly figuring out better ways to like eat the right things to grow bigger and like different ingredients to include and so like my first year I was literally just like giving it feed and like walking it once a day and like was like yeah this will be good and like didn't do well and I was like I want to do better um, so started asking advice for other people in the industry and they're like oh like you need to use supplements and you need to feed more hay and you need to make sure you have clean water and like started telling me all of these things and so learned a lot more for that year and then like it's just like the information has developed over the like past couple of years and so like what my family knows now for my brother is like way more than we knew when I was doing it and so part of me is like sad because like I wish I would have like had the opportunity to do well but also I like love getting to like go and watch my brother's show because he works really really hard and like getting to see him work really hard in the barn and then like walk into the show ring and like come out with a ribbon or a buckle or an award um even though it's like not me that's getting that and like I wish I would have won more when I was in high school um it's just like really sweet to get to see like because of like my start in it my brother is now really passionate about it and like gets to win and my brother hates losing second place is his least favorite thing um and so it's just like really cool to see that and like get to like be in his corner ringside
2: very cool, very cool. So, how much money has he made? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Total, <laughs> I don't know. Cohen's
2: all about the money because he
0: has like just, he's just, so into know. it. He has like three or four animals every year, and so. Dang. I don't know.
1: That's pretty sick. Okay, so FFA led to your desire to do veterinary, right? Mm-hmm. What? So, it was kind of you. You weren't sure, and you just decided because it was money. Okay, and then you came into college and started doing it. Like, what did that look like? What What did classes? what did class look like and then like what made you decide that it wasn't for you
0: yeah so coming in like freshman year being pre-vet was a lot of just like chemistry biology and basic classes and so um, you were
1: a large animal right that's what i wanted to do, yeah. yeah um it was like large because there's different right large yeah. animal and small animal and... yeah
0: okay. which like undergrad like your pre-vet stuff is still the same you take all the same prereqs, but mm-hmm. um yeah and so i was like animal science major but like really heavy on like chemistry and bio and stuff, uh, enjoyed it, like did okay. Like I wasn't like majorly like failing any of my classes or anything. It wasn't like that, but, um, it was like the summer after my freshman year, I was like, like, I literally just like Googled that. Like, is this really what I want to do? Um, and like that is where the Lord was like, no, this is not what you want to do. And so changed my mind very quickly. and uh, like fall of sophomore year. Um, but yeah.
1: What, what made you change your mind? I mean, <laughs> Um, <laughs> you just said that. You just thought about it, and we're I like. I don't know if there was
0: more questions if I should like. I do You guys don't tell me the question. So. <laughs>
2: no. Yeah. Like, what was the? Was it like something with your church or like what? What did you like? Yeah. What changed your mind?
0: Yeah. So I, I was actually talking about this yesterday with a friend, but I like remember like the very distinct moment I um, was going on a mission trip that summer. And so I was at like the training for this mission trip and we did like a worship, um, worship night, I guess. Like we like had worship and I was like sitting on the ground during worship. I was like literally right in front of the stage, like sitting down and the Lord was like, you are more passionate about people than you are about animals. And I was like, no, you're right. Like I am. And I was like, what do I do with that? And he was like, school girls and I was like what do I do with that and that was it like the Lord just was like high school girls and like that is a love and a passion that I have that I've gotten to really grow and develop but um like, very much just, kind of left it at that at that point. And so when I came back from that, I um, was, like, serving in youth at my church here in College Station. And so, um, like, reached out to my youth pastor and was, like, I want to do, like, anything and everything possible in this ministry. I, like, love high school girls and didn't really know what that meant for me. Um, and just thought back to my ag teacher that I talked about that just, like, was like my mom at school and just like a big supporter and championed me um, and I was like oh that would be really cool like that's being with high school girls and getting to be a light in this school um, and be what she was for me for other girls and guys I guess FFA is co-ed but uh, <laughs> and so um yeah and can change my major from like animal science science to like animal science production so it focused more on like industry production more rather than like biochims and microbio and all of those different disgusting things honestly um and so yeah so my major is like still animal science I still get to take a lot of like really fun random classes but um, was pursuing like teaching for a while until honestly this past summer um was on another kind of mission trip I was doing a missions internship and um again had like another moment where I was just like sitting with the Lord and was like I graduate in a year like I have no idea like what I'm actually doing like been feeling this call to ministry for a little bit but like wasn't super confident in it like hadn't heard like an absolute yes from the Lord and I was like sitting y'all it was great I was in Alaska and it was beautiful and I was like sitting in a field um like looking at like this huge mountain and in that moment the Lord just like met me there and was like this is what I made you for and I was like okay and there was like some kids there that I just like loved and really got to pour into um these kids like didn't and don't know Jesus, but like really got to like show them the love of Jesus for the month that I was there, um, and the Lord really used that to remind me that like that's what I'm passionate about and that's what I want to do with my life. Is um, like the Lord has just like radically changed my life, and so wanting to share that with other people, and I see other people experience that. And um, high school is just like such a pivotal time in girls' lives and guys, but obviously I'm a girl, so I'm just like girls. Um, but yeah, and so that it was just like a really sweet moment with the Lord but then I got really afraid honestly and I was like oh like maybe Um, and then every week after that one of the adults on the team that we had literally said the exact sentence was like the Lord made you for this and I was like God stop repeating yourself like I hear you but I'm a little afraid Um, And it was just like one of those things that I just like could not run from anymore and so um, yeah it's been really cool to see the way that the Lord has been changing my mind kind of every year but it's like slowly been pulling me towards like what he has for me
1: so for a while you so originally it was just like high school girls Mm -hmm. and so you thought you wanted to be just a teacher that Mm -hmm. would pour into high school girls and now you just want to do ministry for Mm -hmm. high school girls right yes so you said when you were growing up you want to be worship like pastor or like leader or whatever Mm -hmm. and then you kind of fell off and went to ffa and then now you're back in ministry. Uh, like, what did, like, what did your faith look like in high school? And then what does your faith look like now? And like, what changed, you know, like, how have you gotten to this point?
0: Yeah, That's a great question. <laughs> um, my faith in high school um, was almost like non, I don't want to say non-existent, but um, I like growing up in the church just had this idea of like what it looks like to be a Christian and to me it just looked like list of like things that Christians do and things that Christians don't do. And that's kind of like all my faith was. It wasn't really a relationship. And so it made it really easy in high school when all of my friends were choosing worldly things for me to be like, what does God like really have to offer me? And I just really doubted um, the Lord's goodness and his love for me. And so um, very much just like was still going to church but was not pursuing a relationship with the Lord at all whatsoever.
1: Um, what do you mean by worldly things?
0: Uh, like do you know?
1: I mean, just what like do you mean sin? by worldly things? Like, people people don't know. People might not know.
0: Yeah, like, sin. Like, I um, was walking in just, like, a lot of sin, um, like, drinking and partying and lying to my parents and um, wanting to put all of my identity in, like, what boys thought of me, what people thought of me, how many things I could get invited to on the weekends is, like, where all of my worth was, mm-hmm. um, honestly. And then was still showing up to church on Sundays and... Um, uh, just like faced a lot of that. And so, um, one time someone at church, like literally looked at me and was like, why are you here? Like, I know what you were doing on Saturday night.
1: Oh, and wow. Like, That's not something Man, that, that, that someone should be saying yeah, in the not church. At all. <laughs>
0: yeah. Church is a place for sinners. Um, and so I felt a lot of hurt from that and hurt from the church in general. So, um, even further, just like took a step away from the Lord and was like, you don't love me. You don't care about me and you have nothing to offer me. Which is like all lies, but things that I really believed for a really long time, um, <clears throat> Sorry, Uh, just like really believe those things for a really long time. And so um, just like had a really sweet moment with the Lord where he just put um, the chapter of Luke 15 on my heart. Um, And if you guys haven't read it, you should read it. It's the story of the prodigal son and basically it's the son who like asks his dad for inheritance really early and he takes that and he leaves and he goes and spends all of it um doing worldly things trying to fulfill his desires with all of the things of this world and is left with nothing um literally has nothing left and is so poor that he's like man like even my dad's servants like have food um he's like i'm not worthy to go back to as my dad as my father's son but like maybe i can go ask him to be his servant and like at least i'll have food because he at least feeds them um, and i was like man that to me like I took everything that the Lord had offered me relationship and salvation and just like an abundant life that he had offered me here on earth and I took that and I ran and I was like this isn't good enough for me and I can fulfill my desires in so many other ways and it's going to be so much better And so ran and took that and then was left empty, was left with nothing and was left feeling like I wasn't worthy to come back to the Lord, Um, feeling like he would never forgive me, feeling like he didn't love me. Um, I remember like walking through a hard season and feeling like if I pray about this, like the Lord doesn't want to hear from me. so I'd like ask other people to pray for me because I was like, the Lord will hear their prayers, but not mine, which again, it's just like such a lie. Um, And so in that moment, just kept reading. And as the son went back to his dad, just to ask him if he could be his servant the dad like ran and met him where he was he didn't wait for him to get to his front door he didn't wait for him to show up but he met him in the field where he was and just threw a party and was like man you're home and in that moment the lord was like no like this is like i don't want you to try to work your way back to me i don't need you to um try to earn your way into being a certain level of christianity or to do a certain amount of good works or anything to get back to being deserving of a relationship with him, he was like, I want to meet you where you are and I'm going to be what brings you back from this like really low point. Um, and so that was just like a really sweet moment and I just like laid everything down at the feet of Jesus and that was my first step in truly walking with Jesus. Um, and
1: when that was, was this? summer sorry. Oh, you are about to say, I said, when was this?
0: Yeah, that was summer going into my senior year of high school. Um, and so senior year was a lot of just figuring out what it means to know Jesus and walk with Jesus um, and my faith like really really became my own going into college because at that point like my parents weren't gonna force me to go to church it was if I wanted to go I had to get up and go myself um and so like really had to take ownership of my own faith coming into college and um the Lord has just, like, radically just taken captivity of my heart, and, um, one just, like, has really been so kind to surround me with people that push me towards the cross every single day, um, but also has just revealed so much of his character to me over the past couple of years in college, um, that I have just, like, learned so much about him, and, um, honestly, I'm just, like, so in love with Jesus, and it's been really, really sweet to see, um, like, literally this past summer, I was interning at my church back home and met with my mentor from high school and just like updating her on my life and telling her how things are going and talking about things and she sat across the table from me and just like cried and was like this girl sitting here who's this on fire for the lord like, is not what I would have expected five years ago, and, like, she's right, like, I literally would have laughed if you would have told me five years ago that I was going to be chasing Jesus as hard as I am now, um, so it's been really sweet to see Lord take me from, like, such brokenness to just redemption and, um, getting to, like, use me for kingdom and getting to, um, just invite me into a sweet relationship with him every single day, um, so was kind of a really long answer to your question. But. No, it's good. We
1: okay. want a really long answer.
2: <laughs> that was awesome. Um, okay, I have a couple of questions that I've been thinking about. So since you've decided that you want to do full time ministry, mm-hmm. how is that like how do your parents feel about that? How do your extended family feel about that? Do like yeah, what are their thoughts on you saying you want to do that? Have you received any backlash or anything?
0: Mm. Um, I think just depending on my parents are very strong believers. My dad was actually in ministry for a couple years after college and in college. And so, um, his reaction to that was like, man, I'm kind of jealous of you. Like I miss getting to do ministry. And so it was really sweet. Um, and same with my mom, like they love the Lord so much and so are really supportive in, if this is where the Lord's leading you, then like, I want to see you thrive in that. Um, I think we're like, I get the biggest pushback from like extended family or friends or people who, um, just like don't understand as much. Is just in like, oh, like there's no money in ministry and oh, like people who like aren't as like not believers at all are like, why would you give your life to something that doesn't exist? Um, which just like breaks my heart because the Lord does exist and he's so good. And um, I think that's like the biggest pushback that I get is people who like don't believe in the Lord are like, why would you give your entire life to something that isn't real or doesn't mean anything? Um, which is just a really hard thing to try to face because like it like one breaks my heart, but also to like. I don't know, like almost makes me like, want to like fight on behalf of the Lord. Um, he doesn't need me to fight on his behalf. He fights on my behalf, but I'm um, just like also trying to meet those people with grace and not be aggressive about like, support me. Like, this is what I want to do. And like the Lord does exist and like stuff like that, if that makes sense, but. Yeah.
1: How, do, how do you like handle that?
0: Um. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um. Honestly, it's just one of those like having to, Um. I think the biggest thing is like having to not have the last word and like, I don't need them to, Um support what i'm doing and just having to be like hey this is like what i want to do and like if you support that awesome if you don't awesome and like that's a really a hard thing to do and takes a lot of humility because like i look at these people and i want them to be in support of what I'm doing or be like, man, that's really cool. Instead of thinking like, I know they're walking away thinking, man, like that girl's stupid, like for believing in this thing that's not real and giving her life to this thing that's not real and having to just surrender that of like wanting to have the last word and be right. Um, and being like, Hey, like, this is how the Lord has changed my life. And here's how I've seen that. I'm just getting to share my testimony and share the gospel in that moment. And, um, if the Lord uses that to plant seeds, awesome. But if not, I just have to be okay um, with not, being right in that moment which is really hard but
2: yeah okay um this is kind of I don't know if this is like a taboo question to ask <laughs> but I'm gonna ask it anyways uh do you have like a rough idea of how much you would get paid <laughs> doing ministry for full-time for like a year on you know what I'm saying like our <laughs> like Literally how much no would idea. you make to like like, would you make enough to, like, pay for rent and pay, like, how much? Because I don't think anybody, really, not that many people know how yeah. much people who do ministry make or do they make any money or, like, are they funded, like, supported by other people or what's the what's the thing?
0: Um, it really depends on, like, 'Cause honestly, like I also have no idea like where I'm going or what I'll be doing yeah. in nine months when I graduate. So it depends on the church and just like the area and the size of the church and things like that. I feel like it's a pretty wide range, honestly, probably. Um, I honestly don't know. I haven't looked it up. That might be like a fiscally responsible thing to do, but I just like haven't. Um, but like anyone I know that like does work in ministry, like they're not like living on the streets under a bridge. Like they do yeah, like yeah. are able to like live and like survive comfortably and also like I know that the Lord is like a good God and a God who provides. And so if this is something he's calling me to, he's not going to call me into this and be like, fend for yourself and have fun. But like, he's going to provide and like meet my needs and provide for me. Um, even if that doesn't look like being a rich stay at home mom, which was also a career goal of mine at one point in life. <laughs> uh, who doesn't want to be soccer a stay at home mom? mom with, yeah. Seriously. A soccer mom with a rich husband, like sounds great. Um, and so like, I just like have a lot of confidence in the Lord and his character and just his faithfulness and that he will provide um, for me wherever that looks like, wherever I end up. Um, I don't know. I just have like a really strong sense of security, which like might be kind of dumb of me to be really secure in the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing in nine months, but I'm like, oh, God's got it. Um, but also I just like know that the Lord will take care of it and the Lord will open doors and provide opportunities and. Be who he is. He's a good God.
1: Uh A quick Google search told me that the average salary of someone in ministry is 51,000. I think that was pastors. Yeah, but that that's pastors. But, I mean, it's average. Pastor. It's probably a pretty wide range. It obviously said it depends on, like, the church size and, mm-hmm. like, there's outliers. and. Yeah, so 51,000 is what it said? Yeah. That is pastors. But. Yeah.
2: So, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure, sure it's like a head little... pastors get paid the most. Yeah. Or, besides like finance and like accounting people that yeah. um, for like bigger mm-hmm. churches. Yeah. Because I know account people like accountants for church have to like you have to pay accountants a decent amount, like fifty or sixty yeah. thousand. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: I had another question. Earlier you said the words gospel and testimony. Mm-hmm. And for people listening who might not know what mm-hmm. the heck either of those mean, just give like a quick like definition, you know?
0: yeah um so my testimony is just the story of my life everyone has a testimony and everyone's are different and it's literally just um the story of how the lord has taken you from death to life and the things that you've been through and the way that the lord has redeemed those things and so i kind of basically shared mine when i talked about where i was um how i met jesus and where i am now um so that's basically just what a testimony is um and the gospel is just the news of jesus and it's just the truth that um the reality that jesus gave up heaven to come to earth to take the punishment for our sins and that is something that um is the foundation of ministry and everything that I want to do is because I um have met Jesus through someone sharing the gospel with me and that has completely changed my life and there is so much freedom found in Jesus and found um through knowing Jesus and believing in the gospel and so um when I say the gospel is like something that I want to like share with people it's because like I um have just like had my life changed by this thing and I want other people to experience that freedom. Um, not because like I have any sort of like position or authority because I know do this, but because, um, it is just this thing that I'm like, Hey, this is really great and this can save your life. And I want you to have that too. Um, I have a friend who like uses the analogy of if you see someone standing in the street and a bus is about to hit them, uh, you have the chance to either push them out of the way and save them from that bus or let the bus hit them. And the reality is, we're all going to die one day, and that's the bus that's coming. Everyone's going to die, and I have something that can provide eternal life to you. And that's I don't have that; I cannot provide that. But information that can provide eternal <laughs> life to you, and that is the gospel. Um, and I just like want, literally, desperately want the world um, to know Jesus.
2: Heck yeah! Heck yeah! I'll prat snap to that. <laughs> I wish I could
0: pat snap well; can you really hear it
1: right in front of the microphone.
0: That's what I'm trying to
1: make.
2: That's going to sound awful. That's <laughs> you can cut it out. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so. Megan's is bad. Yeah, if is. somebody's listening to this and they've been considering full-time ministry, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, maybe they're in high school or maybe they just come to college or they're our age, would you, su- like, would you suggest for them to still go to college and get a degree or, like, if somebody's like, I am no for sure I'm going into full-time ministry, why do I need to go to college or should I even go to college? What would your response be to that?
0: Mm. Um, honestly, it just depends like this is going to sound really cliche, but like just like pray and see where the Lord's leading you because, um, the Lord definitely used the four years that I was in college to grow my faith into what it is. Um, and also it's just a really cool experience of like moving away and learning how to be responsible and manage time and do school, um, and all of those things. But also, um, I think it just depends on like what that's going to look like because, Most churches don't like really necessarily require you to have a college degree in order to work for them. Um, But like, and again, seminary is like not required to be in ministry either, but a lot of people do go to seminary and I don't really know a ton about a lot of seminary programs, but some of them do want you to have some sort of college degree, whether that's a two-year associates or literally my degree is in animal science. Like I'm not using my degree when I graduate whatsoever. Um, Seminary
1: is pretty much... College for pastors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you don't know what seminary is.
0: Did not explain that. No.
1: And you typically need some kind of degree. You were just saying that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You typically need some kind of degree. I don't think it actually matters what it is. Yeah, at all. And then you do seminary on top of that, and it's kind of like a master's or Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: Master's of divinity.
1: Yeah. So it's not required to be in a church, but a lot of pastors have gone to seminary, and I think you learn a lot from going to seminary. Mm -hmm um but i I guess a follow up question for, from that would be like like how would you encourage those people like mm-hmm. what what tangible things can they do, and then on top of that, like just like encouragement, you know,
0: yeah, um tangible things, I would say, like get plugged in and start serving in a church now, um like I think that is where the Lord has really grown my desire and my passion has been like in serving and in serving in youth at my church and serving in the college ministry and getting to see the way that the Lord um, is moving and just like wanting to continue to be a part of kingdom work Um, and the way that I have seen I think the coolest thing is like the Lord used broken people and like me and my brokenness and my sin like I still am a sinner even though I have a relationship with Jesus and so seeing him use broken people for kingdom things has been one of the most like pivotal things that I've realized of like I have no qualifications on my own no one ever does but the Lord um, chooses to use broken people because he doesn't need us and he could literally build a kingdom by himself it would be so much better than anything we could create but he chooses to invite us into that um, so it's been really sweet and so tangibly just if you're not going to a church go to a church get plugged in start serving um, whatever area you might want to do ministry in, whether that's missions or youth kids college Uh, literally like any ministry um, start serving and talk to your pastor talk to people and be like hey I want to do this Um, I've had a lot of really cool conversations with my youth pastor of like hey I want to do youth ministry and it's been really cool because he's like okay here are some tangible things that I'm going to teach you about that like things on the back end like logistics and things like that that you don't really think about um but also it's just been someone who's really encouraged me and it's like if this is a dream and a goal you have then i'm going to like champion you in that and push you in that and grow you in that um and so i think it's been really cool too and so don't be afraid to tell people at your church hey this is something i'm feeling called to um and serve and do like internships or just be volunteer or whatever it is um just be in the church and be serving I know i've said that like four times but that's the biggest thing um because that's what's going to grow you um and also what the lord is probably going to use to like create those opportunities for you going into ministry um whenever you're like graduated or ready to go into that um an encouragement i would just say like that's so cool that um if you're feeling the lord that has called you to ministry like that's awesome and um i think the biggest lie and insecurity that I faced, um, is one that like, I'm not good enough for that. And two, like doubting myself to discern the Holy Spirit and that of like, oh, did he really say that to me? Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just making that up. Um, and so one, like trust yourself and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. If you know Jesus Christ, then his spirit lives inside of you. And so trust yourself in discerning that, um, and two, um, you're right like on your own you are not enough and you're not qualified no one is but um if this is something that the lord is calling you to then he's going to equip you and he's going to use you in your brokenness um and so don't let the enemy ruin what the lord is doing in your life um and know that the enemy is going to come for you because if he knows that the lord is using you and is going to use you um he doesn't want that he wants to stop that in any way possible and so spiritual warfare is going to be huge. Um, and it's going to be hard, but it's also a battle that the Lord never asks you to face on your own. And he never asks you to go in and fight that by yourself. Like, good luck. But it's something that he's like, Hey, I'm right here with you. Um, I'm in the trenches and I'm fighting this with you. And so, um, yeah, just be prepared for spiritual warfare, but also have confidence, um, in God who is steadfast and who is good and is in a warrior, um, who fights before you.
2: Very sick. Yeah. Um, I'm reading another question here. You did something called the world race. (laughs) What is that?
0: Um, so kind of, so the world race is an organization that sends, um, mission trips throughout the world. And so they have a bunch of different programs. They have the 11 and 11, which goes to a different country every month. So it's 11 months and you go to 11 countries. Um, they have like a gap year program for college age students, which is a nine month program. Um, I I think they go to three countries and I think they stay for three months or I don't know. Yeah. One of, one
1: of my good friends actually did Mm -hmm. the nine month track and I think she actually ended up in four countries just because of, there were some weird things that went on, Mm -hmm. but yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you can talk more about it because you did it. So, (laughs) Um, and then they
0: also offer um, what's called like semesters programs, which is like a one month, a three month, or a six month mission trip. So they're a little bit shorter. Um, And so I, like summer after freshman year, was like, oh, I'm working at camp for half the summer. Like, what am I going to do for that other month? And I don't remember how I came across it, but came across one of their ads for their one month and three month programs for the summer, and I was like. Uh, that'd be pretty sick and so um found out like very last minute about it like it was like probably like february and applications closed in march and so i was like oh like i'll apply and see what happens this
1: is when you were thinking about full-time Im- ministry right no. no this is
0: like not a thought on my mind at all this is oh. freshman year um so i'm still like i'm gonna go to vet school i just like want to do something fun for the summer um and so um, applied and they called me and interviewed me and i told my parents about it and they were like so you're going to be gone all summer instead of half the summer. And we're like, don't do that. And I was like, listen, like if the Lord wants me there, the Lord's going to do it. Uh, and they called me and we're like, Hey, like we want you on this team. And I was like, Awesome, like that'd be pretty sick. And um then I had to fundraise to be able to go and I found out in probably end of March and we left in May and so I had like a month and a half and very quickly realized that a lot of the other girls um had like applied in like November, December and had been fundraising for months and I was Perfect. like shoot, this is very last minute But then I was like the Lord is doing this and the Lord's gonna provide um and the Lord did, which was really cool and so And I also remember, like, the day before leaving for that trip, I remember being so afraid, and I was like, ah, like, I'm going to... I went to Ecuador, so I was like, I'm going to another country for another month that I've never been to with a bunch of people that I don't know, with an organization I don't know, like no comfort zone whatsoever. Um, got really afraid and just like the enemy started convincing me that I was not supposed to be there, that it would be a lot fun or more fun for me to stay at home. Um, but ended up getting on the plane and we went to Atlanta for a couple days for training, which is where I um, had that moment with the Lord where he was like, Hey, youth ministry, high school girls. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, but it was also really cool. Cause I like learned so much on that trip and that being at the forefront of it in the beginning was like, the Lord just told me this really big scary thing and I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. Um, And this woman who was there, she um, had like just spoken and given a message. And I remember I like, they like didn't have normal bathrooms there. It was like porta potties. And so I like walked out of the porta potty and she was standing there and she looked at me and she was like, you? And I was like, yes. And she was like, the Lord told me to tell you something. And I was like, what? And she was like, you're anointed. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, that sounds like a really holy word and I'm not that. And she was like, it just means like when Jesus was anointed as a savior, that means like that was his purpose was to be our savior. And she was like, whatever the Lord is telling you, like, that's what he made you for and like have confidence in it and just like go for it. And it was like right after this moment. So I was like, what? And I was sitting there like brushing my teeth and I was like, what's going on? And so like looking at that moment and the way that that's played out over the past couple of years has been like really, really sweet. Um, I've just like the way that the Lord has continued to like remind me and speak the exact same sentence to me over and over of like, okay, like I can't run from this anymore, but.
1: Sick. Dang, that's crazy. May, uh, title of the episode, Megan Schneider is anointed. <laughs> 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 Clickbait. Oh my gosh. Everyone's going to be like, what the heck is anointing?
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what that meant either.
1: Okay, so you you did the world race, mm-hmm. pretty sick. Ecuador, cool, mm-hmm. awesome. But before that, you did camp. What, what does camp look like?
0: Yeah, so I went to Ecuador in June and then was at camp in July. Um, and so it was a camp that I had grown up going to, um, T-Bar-M, for anyone who's familiar with that. But, to uh, Barm. To Barm. Yep. Um, I was a camper for like 10 or 11 years, um, loved it. And so as soon as I came to college, I was like, I'm going to work at camp. Like, that's all I want to do. Um, literally like so many random dream jobs that I have. But when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a camp counselor for the rest of my life. <laughs> just like didn't really have a concept for what that actually meant. And so, and like, I remember like my first day, like the first day that they like opened the gates and the campers are driving in, I was like, I wanted to do this for so long. Um, so it was just like really, really cool camp is hard camp is really challenging um because 24 7 like you have to be i guess 24 6 so you have 24 hours off um in the week but um you have a 12 year old that wakes you up at five o'clock in the morning telling you that she um peed the bed. You have to wake up with so much grace and kindness and be like, I will go wash these for you right now at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and just constantly be for your campers. And it's truly, um, a very humbling, like die to self type experience because you're tired, you're exhausted, you're hot. It's hot out there. Um, summer in July, it's just like not yep, a fun thing.
2: It's not kind. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, but it was also really cool because I learned a lot and grew a lot. Um, made some really cool friends that are um, shout out to my girl, Charlotte. She was my co that first year at camp. Um, and now she's like one of my closest friends because we both went to A&M and that friendship got to continue back to college station. Um, but yeah.
1: What, what's the purpose of TBRM?
0: Um, it is a Christian camp that is just, um, first kids to come and have fun but also learn about Jesus and so everything is very centered on um, Jesus and the gospel and the story of who Jesus is um, but also it's just fun like there's fun activities, there's competitions um, they put you on two different teams, Alpha Omega, um, any TBRM listeners Omega is definitely the better team been on Omega for like 15 years now uh, my cousins went this year for the first time, they're like five and they got put on Alpha and I was like
2: Ooh, this is really unfortunate. That's brutal yeah, it was betrayal tough. yeah Dang so okay as final like words of wisdom from megan if you had to pick like one thing to like suggest for somebody to do in college like whether that's camp a world race like going on a mission trip getting involved with youth like what what would be like your top suggestion like what's been and i would say do it
1: for two different people a person considering ministry and then someone who has no clue about Christianity or has heard about it or wants to experience it in some way. What would you encourage the person that has no experience or like barely any? And then what would you encourage the person that like wants to go into ministry?
0: Yeah. Um, it's hard to pick like one thing because there's so many really cool things. Um, things that I've gotten to do that have been really cool, but also things that I haven't done that other people have done that are really cool. Um, And so to say like one thing this is going to sound really cliche but just like get plugged into a church because that's where um the lord is going to provide opportunities whether that's serving whether that's leading um a lot of churches will take mission trips and things like that um i wouldn't say like one is like better than the other whether that's missions or camp or internships or just serving in the church i wouldn't say like one is like better for ministry experience than another they're all great um i'm really thankful that i've gotten like a wide range of those opportunities um But, like, I wouldn't say that there's, like, one that's, like, going to set you up better for ministry or be a better experience, Um, especially, like, in the ways that the Lord's going to use you because things that I am passionate about and enjoy are going to be different from someone else. And, like, that doesn't make me better or them better. It is just, like, the Lord has gifted us in different ways and made us passionate about different things. And so um, I would say for like someone who's like considering ministry just find what breaks your heart and what you're passionate about um, and then figure out how to do that literally google it if you have to how to do youth ministry how to do missions ministry like literally just find a way um and just like ask the lord honestly just ask that he would um, provide opportunities and lead you where he has you because freshman year looking at what college was going to look like I had a lot of plans and the Lord probably like laughed at me um because a lot of those plans are things that I ended up not pursuing and the Lord led me to different things but I'm so thankful that he did um and for someone who has like no connection to Christianity if you like aren't a believer or considering it anything like that um I would say honestly the same thing of just like find something that you are passionate about um because everyone is passionate about different things, and so figure it out um, what it is that you are passionate about, and then find a way to do that. Um, I think what's really cool about ANUM specifically is there are so many organizations literally, the Cupcake Club. Like, if you're passionate about cupcakes, you can be in the Cupcake Club, like, so many random things. Um, one of my cousins is like really into like cars or something like that. There's apparently an organization <laughs> on campus that like spends the year like building some kind of like car to go like drive it and destroy it at like some competition I don't know I was really confused but he was really excited about it um and so just find something that you're passionate about and then figure out how to do that thing uh, because that's what's going to make college enjoyable and college worthwhile and college is going to be something that you can look back at and be like man I grew and I learned so much because I was doing what I was passionate about rather than like random fun things that like you aren't really going to care about in 10 years (laughs)
2: Yeah, so what about the for the person that w- wants to experience Christianity for, like, the first time? Or mm. what, would, what would your suggestion be?
0: Yeah, um, this is going to sound really scary if you are not a super outgoing person. But be bold and show up to a church. Um, I think um, when I was in high school, I really saw church as, like, an exclusive place for Christians to belong. I never felt like as a sinner or as someone who, like, wasn't walking closely with Jesus that I could go. Um, and now being in the church and now being like on this side of it too and like serving in ministry like I like desperately want people to come to church who want to know Jesus. Um, desperately want lost people to be coming to church. Church is not a um, country club for um, perfect people. It's not a country club for Christians. It is a place for sinners. It is a place for the lost um, because we're all sinners. And is um, it is a place that if you find a church that is a good church, they're going to want you there, no matter what your past is, no matter what your burdens are, no matter what you're carrying, no matter where in life that you are. Um, if they are a church that is based on the Bible and that is based on the gospel and is centered on. Jesus they want you there Um, so be bold and show up to church and shake someone's hand and say hey this is my first time here and I'm really interested and I know that sounds really scary Um, if that is like not your personality it's not mine either but um, I think the enemy doesn't want you to show up to church and so he's going to tell you anything that he can to tell you that you don't belong and that you're not wanted and that you're not capable of going Um, so don't let him win show up and walk in the doors and let the lord take care of the rest because like i said in luke 15 like he doesn't expect you to figure it out by yourself he wants to meet you wherever you're at right now and if that's at a place of not knowing him at all great. He doesn't look at you any differently. He wants to meet you where you are and he is going to be what brings you from death to life. Um, And you don't have to get there by yourself and you don't have to figure it out by yourself. Um, He never asks you to figure it out by yourself. He asks you to um, just come to him and he will take care of the rest. He will take care of the heavy lifting. He'll do the hard stuff. Um, All you need to do is just literally whisper yes is what um the bible says i don't remember what verse it is it's like all he needs is our whisper of a yes and so even the slightest just step in that direction he will take that and he will multiply that and he will use that um and so yeah
1: heck yeah
2: awesome well thank you megan so much for coming onto to the podcast uh, oh, thanks for having me it's been a really awesome pleasure yeah thank you we've been playing this for a while <laughs> yeah but now on to the final segment of the podcast that we always do. Quirky careers.
1: Ooh. What do we got today, Josh? All right, guys. There's this guy who is a guy that for his job, he watches paint dry. What? <laughs> paint. He <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually gets paid. Why does he get paid to do that? Um, so I actually believe he did this straight out of high school. Um, and a company... I believe, uh, oh man, he actually wrote an article about it. We can like put the link in the description or something. Um, uh, it doesn't say what kind of, oh yeah. Uh, he gets requests from different companies asking for a paint to do certain things with certain specifications and drying cycles. And then he has like five or six samples and then he watches them for like I think it's like six hours or something, and he says it's not boring. I don't know if I trust him, but he like (laughs) says it's not boring because he watches for like cracks and ripples and bits in the paint and defects and stuff like that. And there's this whole article about how he just watches paint dry. Yeah, he says I don't find it boring because I'm not just sitting there; I'm looking for something even when I'm watching the paint dry. So Um, wait, how, how much does he get paid? It doesn't say in this. It says it says he. He says that he makes a good salary, Um, so I'm guessing, I don't know, he doesn't have a college degree,
2: so I'm guessing maybe like
1: 50, 40, I don't know, I guess I don't want to just throw numbers (laughs) out there, but that's what I would guess. That's crazy though, watching paint dry. And his name is Matthew Riz Bridger, Matthew Riz Bridger.
2: And it's like a, it's like a chemistry thing, right? Like he, is it chemistry related? Like, does he do? Does he uh, have to know about chemistry
1: or no? I don't know. I, I just don't just even like think watches, so. I think like he just watches it. He literally just watches it. And yeah. It. He's 21, God. and it's for Aquatech coatings in Wrexham, Wales. So, pretty crazy. People,
0: Matthew, if you're listening, I got to know. Can you actually see the cracks happen? Like uh, it says he's like watching for like cracks and things. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you? sees
2: it the moment happening. He's like, for real. The crack just formed right there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I feel
0: like. How's it's he documented? You don't. Like watching grass grow like you don't actually see it until yeah. you look at like before and after and you're like oh there's yeah. a lot of change
2: And he must,
1: he must have some kind of like system anyways
2: i think it's gonna do it for the sixth episode of finding zeal yeah Boop. thank you megan for coming on oh, it was awesome for having me um yeah, thanks we well i guess like post about it on instagram and stuff and so. yeah we'll hype yeah. it up anyways it's been cohen
1: it's been josh and thank you for, for watching, watching Finding, Finding zeal. zeal. We always mess that up. <laughs> the video just <laughs> came.